Welcome to another episode of the SNC Podcast. I am your host, Fola Shade Anose. On this episode of the podcast, I have the pleasure of talking with Cess the Problem Kid, a music producer, songwriter, and artist currently based in Lagos, Nigeria. A lawyer by profession, Cess's love for music kept eating at him until he decided to abandon the practice of law to pursue music professionally. Cess started off as an artist, but the lack of adequate financial resources led him to music production. This detour proved to be a game changer for Cess. It allowed him to meet and work with Nigerian rapper Fowles. Cess handled the majority of the production on Fowles' 2015 album, Stories That Touch. He also handled the bulk of the production on Fowles' 2017 album, 27, and the collaborative EP, Chemistry, with Nigerian singer-songwriter Simi. Although Cess has found that sweet spot working with Nigerian artists such as Reminis, Adekunligo, Teriapala, Vector, Fino, and more, his desire to express himself as a music artist has not waned. In 2017, Cess teamed up with Nigerian music producer Spax to release a musical project called Short Renditions, the first single of the project was called Don't Worry. Welcome to the show, Sass. Appreciate it, man. What's up? What's up? What's good? Nice to see you. Good. So for those who may not know your background, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, simple. My, my name is um, Oluwasheso Salami Abbas, a.k.a. Sess, the problem kid. Uh, simple. I'm just a regular guy. Easy going, I think. Uh, music producer, songwriter, artist. Oh, it's not so much about me. Uh, yeah, lawyer tone producer. Yeah, basically, just your next neighbor guy. Just normal guy, normal guy things. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you went to the University of Illinois. Yeah, I studied law in Illinois. Why that choice of law? Uh, I'll be very honest. Like for me, it was. Um, I always knew I wasn't a science guy, right? And then I wasn't really a business guy, also. So automatically, I mean, being a creative, I've always been a creative. I felt like oh, the art class was for me. So now choosing a course. Uh, you know, with the whole influence of, oh, um, you have to do a professional course and everything. I was like, okay, in art class, what professional course? And I was like, law. Ah. I just do laws. So for me, it wasn't really like, honestly, it wasn't really like I wanted to be a lawyer. It was more about just, you know, doing something that, you know, people felt was acceptable and stuff for me. So um, that was it. And it's not like I regret it. I feel like it kind of added some value to me as a person, an edge. So someone's trying to tell you to sign your life away. Nah, man. Like, yo, like, I'm so happy I studied law. Because when I look at contracts, I just laugh. <laughs> because you're like, this is a joking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very joking stuff. It's a joking stuff. But like, yeah, and, and that's one thing I always tell people around me. You need to, you know, if you don't, if you don't know, you need to get someone that knows. People will offer you like very weird deals. So for me, studying law was, you know, just try to do what I felt like people wanted me to do. Should I add a mom for you? None, none. Nobody in my family. I'm the first lawyer. Well, well, surprisingly, I now have a cousin that is following my footsteps. Who, you know, who happens to be my road manager now and also not practicing. That's him there. Look at him. I've influenced his life. That's cool. Now, at what point did you begin to trust your musical taste? Because you already had an interest in music, but you went to law school. So talk to us about that. Yeah, like for me, music, like I always say, music is very personal for me. For me, it's more than just being an artist i feel like that's the essence of who i am like i always say that i feel like um that's why god created me really to make music so um at every point in my life i'd always had my kind of sound i've always had my music my music has always been different from what other people did so um there was no like 
had always been confident about my sound. You feel me? Like, is, this has always been something I wanted to do. Like, I can remember when I was young, there was this career day that we had in primary school. And anybody doing career day, they asked people, what do you want to be? And I can remember I told them then that I wanted to be Michael Jackson. For me, that was a career. You get me? Like, at, at that age, you feel me? So that I'd always had that flair for music, for entertainment. So, you know, it wasn't, but the thing is, it wasn't like I knew I was going to be an artist or I knew I was going to be a producer. I mean, there was always, always going to be, there's always going to be the time when the doubts were always setting, like, ah, oh, do I really want to do this? Is this just a hobby? You get, but like, you know, I, I knew I was different. I knew myself was different. I'd always been confident about myself. Now, you got your major break when you worked with Files as a producer on his 2015 album, Stories. Yeah, Stories I Touch, yeah. Yeah. First of all, can you tell us how you met Files and what was, because a lot of you producers, you tend to have this thing whereby, like you say, I want the artist to prove to me that, you know, they're really in it. For me, the Files story was, you know, when you have like, this is my only chance, the 8 Mile story. That was the Files story. Because interesting story, like, um, before I met Files, I was kind of practicing law. And then one day I just, I went to the courtroom and then I just stood in the courtroom. Like I just looked at the other layers and I'm like, what am I doing here? You feel, you feel me? Like I felt like out of place. So I decided, you know, I want to do this music thing. So I started making moves at, you know, trying to connect myself with some artists here that I could start pushing. So I met one artist whose name I'm not going to mention. And we vibed, you know, it was like, oh, come to Lagos, we'll work. At that time I was in Illinois. So I was like, oh, come to Lagos, we'll work. So I got to Lagos now. I called my guy, you know, but I go again. So man's, <laughs> man's was, you know, so like, you know, and at that point, you know, I'd given up on law, not, not given up, I decided to follow my passion. So it was weird for me to say, I want to go back home now and say this shit. So like, I had to make it work. And at that, at that time, my manager, my now, my manager now just hit me up like, oh, I know this guy, his name is Faust. He's not really an A-list artist, he's not as big. You know, and at that time now, we wanted to work with the biggest artist. So it was like, this guy is... Still trying. He's very talented, but he's not blown. But I feel like you guys can work something out. You never really know what will come out of it. And that was how the old Faust thing happened. And then reluctantly, I came to the studio. Reluctantly, I came. I was like, let me just... Because, like, you want to work with the Lamy days and the thing at that time. And then they're telling you, oh, there's this guy. He's not really big, but, you know, he's talented. You know, you just feel like, God damn it. It feels like you're coming down. And at that point, honestly, I felt like it was reluctant for me. But... I understood that that was my reality and that was the only option that I had at that time. So I came down to the studio, I played him some beats and I was like, yo, I like this beats. Um, I'm trying to work on my next album. And he had just dropped um, What's Up Guy like a few months before then. So it was like, you know, I just want to start working on my next album and I think that we can work on it together. So it was like, all right, cool, let's just do it. And that was how that happened. So Stories I Touch was my, was my baby. It was like my chance to prove like my only like, yo... You know, so yeah, that was that was that. Now you touched on three things that I want to get to. First of all, what um area of law do you did you were you practicing litigate? Um, pr- um property. I was looking for money now. <laughs> you know, like the time, like yo, I wasn't really about that litigation life, man. You know, it wasn't my thing. But like, it was more like you know the property. I was I was really like into property. Yeah. What was your favorite um course in law school? My favorite was uh, law in practice. Actually, no, was it law in practice? No, I think it was. Mm, I don't know. I can't remember. Wait, 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 wait. Did I have it? Okay, when I was in university, my favorite was um, uh, evidence. Oh, really? I loved evidence. Yeah, I did. It was, I mean, it was, I don't know. It's, people say it's difficult for me. It wasn't. I got like, I liked the lecturer. Let me put it that way. But yeah, in, but in law school, um, I think my favorite was learning practice. And then you touched on something like, so when you came, the artist who you're not going to name left you, left you hanging. Because a lot of times you hear people say, I came somewhere and then it didn't work out. 
who did you now stay with? Who did you, did you make some calls? Like I'm stuck. No, no. I mean, fortunately for me, right? I, when I came to Lagos, I had family here that really like supported me and saw what I was trying to do, and were very, very like they like they were very supportive. So I was with my cousins, my you know, I had like uncles and cousins around that opened their doors for me. I was chilly but like career wise i was stuck like i didn't know what to do and at that point it was really hard because everybody thought i was stupid you leave something that you know is real law security for a dream that might never happen you know so it was a very tough period of time you know but yeah you know fought through it and then one other question i have is what advice i mean i want, I want you to give the advice at the end but i just think i think you touched on something like as an up, up and coming producer, or you think that, oh, I want to work with Olamide, and then someone says you should work with Shade, who has not even yet blown. How would you tell them to navigate that? Like, you know, like I always say to people, like, um, it's good to dream. It's good to have big dreams, to want to, you know, conquer the world, to want to have dreams and be, you know, work with the best. But people tend to forget that for that to happen, there's a back door of experience and work that you need to do. It doesn't, hap- it doesn't happen overnight. Like, you can't be the best producer or work with the best artists overnight like you need to put in work and i always say to people like you need to work for 10 years to prove yourself for just one hour you need like the day that your life will change you're probably not even going to have need more than an hour to prove yourself but you need to have worked for a decade it's not it's not a joke so like what i always tell people is yeah that's your dream have big dreams like dream big that this is who i want to be but also have realistic goals that you want to achieve like look at where you are like now look at your reality and see how well you can work for yourself like sometimes you have a diamond in the rough right in front of you and you're trying to chase you know like sometimes all you need to do is go back into yourself and you know work on yourself work on your art work on the quality of your sound and that will speak for you yeah i think you're touching on the consistent thing that people need to always realize is trust in the process yeah you have bro like and the thing is the process don't care if you are frustrated or not mm-hmm. so it's on you to give up the process is there like but you have to go through it like there's that space between when your dream and achieving it, that space in between it, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. You have to go through that journey. Yeah, and that's what like, it gets frustrating. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, is it really going to happen? Though? But like, you just have to suck it up. Yeah. And I also feel like it's important to use the network you already have around you. No one thinks you should not reach high. Exactly. As in, you just nailed it. In here. Like that's why I say like, use your reality right now. Be realistic and look at your reality. What do you have? Like, and use that you get as much as you can like my story is a reflection of that like my reality was oh files that's my only option and at that point like i mean i felt like oh it's like there's that disappointment like oh i had big dreams but i gave it 100 percent. i gave the album i gave the project we had at that point i gave it 100 because i realized that was my reality and i needed to make it work i needed to make it happen so and then the story changed from there so that's my advice like your reality which is right now what you're doing right now give it a hundred yeah i just i really wanted to just stay on that you know point for a while because like a lot of times you just when i talk to producers or even singer songwriters i feel like a lot of people you hear them that they always say like it's a lot of people want to rush nah bro like when i gave up on law i i didn't have a second i didn't have a plan b i told myself there's no plan b i'm not going back <clears throat> that's very hard for people i can't advise anybody to not have plan b because for me you know the passion is different so for me there was no plan b there's no oh i'll not go back and tell them ah this lot thing this music thing did not work nah. and the thing is it's also good to feel that hunger you know but be hungry but don't be desperate so when you're desperate you start making mistakes but like be hungry that hunger is what keeps the fire burning that hunger is what will like make you want to wake up the next morning and still chase your dream you need that hunger so it's like finding that 
thin line between being hungry and being desperate. That's what you have to work on every day. Yeah, so you need to be very careful. That's just what it is, man. Are you still hungry? I'm never going to not be hungry because the thing is for me, my goal is that I want to be an international producer from Nigeria. There's a difference. I don't want to be tagged in Nigerian producer. I want to be tagged a superstar producer from Nigeria. That's two different things. That means that like, my reach is international now. And that's for me, that's the goal. That's what I wake up every day to at the back of my head. So no matter how many hours I get in Nigeria, I'm, I'm not like, I'm happy. I appreciate it. I'm like, yo, thank you guys for this. But like, I want to work with Jay-Z. That's for me. And when I work with Jay-Z, then another set of goals. Yeah. And then I'll do the interview then. And ask you, how was Jay? You know. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. So like, always hungry. Always hungry. That's cool. Now let's talk about that lovely girl called Karashika. Ooh, wow. She changed my life. <laughs> I got changed my life. So walk us through the creative process for that. Bro, like that song changed my life. That's like, because it was while we're working on stories at us, right? It was just one of them songs that we're working on. And prior to that song, Files had uh, a song with Ajebota that really didn't come out. It was just one of those songs, just demo songs, right? So he was playing just songs for me. We're just in the studio chilling. And I heard the song and I heard Files' verse on the song, which is now the first verse of Karashika. The, uh, I'm on holiday, I'm in Argentina. So I heard that verse, I was like, yo, this verse is hard, bruv. Like, this is a dope-ass verse. What are you doing with this verse? I was like, uh, well, I did this song with Ajabota, uh, and, um, I don't really know if Ajabota wants to drop this song or whatever. I don't know what the plan is. The song is just there. And I was like, yo, bruv, I need this verse. Gee, like, let's make a whole song, like, around this verse, right? So I was like, yeah. It was like, all right, cool. So he sent me the his verse, the acapella. That's just his, his verse. And then I went home with it. Then I walked on the beat around the verse. Then we came back to the studio and they heard it. I was like, yo, this is dope. What were you hearing when you read, when you, I guess when you heard the verse? Like, what, were, what was going through your head? I, I don't know, man. I was just like, it was just very sinister, you know? And then Files for being Files, he's always trying to like tell a story with his songs. So it was like, yo, let's just do this kind of song. And with the verse, like, yo, in this industry that we are in, like all these girls are trying to just snatch your life, you know? And then it was, and that's how ideas come. Like, we're just having fun. And then I worked on the beat. He rapped it. We, you know, I pretty much took out some things, edited and stuff. And then the chorus, everything just happened. And we're just looking at each other like, yo, this is a jam. So you knew it was a jam? Bro, like I knew then... At that point, we're like, who can we put on this song? I was like, oh, shit. Okay, let's do Fino. Like, everything happened that, like, let's do Fino. And then he called up Fino, and Fino was like, yo, send it to me. We sent it to Fino that night. Fino sent us his verse in, like, three, four days. Like, the song was done in, like, a week. I was like, yo. So, yeah. And then when the song dropped, the reception was mind-blowing. Like, I was shocked. I was like, wow. Because when he said it was a jam, I, used to, uh, I spoke to T.Y., and he said that sometimes, as a producer, what do you think is a jam? Yo, like, I'll give you an example. When we walked on... Stories at Touch. My favorite song on Stories at Touch is um Kawasuki. I was so sure that that song was going to be a hit song. Like, I was so sure, like, when like, people heard the song, they'd be like, yo, this song. And then the album came up, and nobody really, like, vibed to the song as much as I expected. But the thing is, producers like the song. When Saz, when I, when I met Saz during the listening, that was the song that Saz said was his favorite. So I understood at that point that what you as a producer, you like. It's not might not necessarily be what the listeners like. So sometimes you just have to like, you know, be open minded. Yeah, because you said that there are a lot of factors that go into you know what may what you think is going to make something work. Could be the economy, 
you know people are suffering nobody cares about you there's a thing called like the general consciousness of people at the time and like that's what some superstars understand he's trying to like understanding where people are at the point in time like how do they feel the frustration like how are they feeling and then see how you can you know tap into that well, clearly, Files loved your production so much so that you produced the majority of the song. Yeah, yeah. So, I could talk about that creative process for the album in its entirety. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, prior to 27, I had worked on another body of work with Files and Simi. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. So, like, creatively, I feel like Files is like my like musical soulmate. It's very, it sounds very dodgy, but that's the truth. Like, we have this very very crazy connection musically and it's because like i truly understand where he is musically and i can see him grow from the first day we met it was more like both of us like being lawyers trying to prove that chasing our dreams was not a mistake so we connected at a level where he felt like we needed to make a point to the world you get me and i feel like that was where the magic started you know and then that connection kind of grew into like yo to this very dope symbiotic relationship where like i kind of understand how it feels as a person like even on a personal basis forget music like as my friend i know he struggles i know how he feels i know what he's trying to get i know him as a person so i can see him grow like i understand where his sound should be now yeah so that that connection is like you don't have that connection and trade you know like you don't find someone it's very rare for you to find a producer that connects and it's very rare for me as a producer to also find an artist that i can see that way and I can understand his sound. So, like, it kind of became a thing where we needed to keep making music. Because, like, I know what I want him to sound like now. You get, like, I'm the only person that can truly say that, yo, this is where his sound is. I've seen the growth. I've seen how his lyrics has changed. I've seen how his ideology to life has changed. You get what I'm saying? So, like, I can say that, yo, this is how I think that his music should go. This is how I think his next three projects should go. Like, we're already working on, like, his next set of two projects. Sonically, what do you think? That is, that is a as close tough, you know? But, like, yeah, so, like, it was just meant to happen. Like, I needed, we needed to be, like, the continuation. The 27 had to happen that way, you know? And then the next set of um, sound right now is more about him trying to express himself as a, more like a, um, I'm trying to look for the word, like, he's trying to tap into that side of his music where he knows that he has a voice now and he can influence a generation. And what he says now can determine how it can change people's orientation. So it's more it's more than just making people laugh. Now he understands that he has people's attention. And when he says things, people listen. Now he wants to use that voice to say something that makes sense, say something meaningful. That is where his music is right now. And that is what we are working around right now. The This new set of sound coming right now is going to be around him using his voice to say things, make statements. You don't have to like what he says, but he's going to say it anyway. And I think that that's one thing that this generation of artists are not doing. I always say to people, Fela is our hero, but we only want to appropriate the eccentric part of Fela and not the part where he spoke the truth. And we need more people that will do that. So yeah, that's that's where we are right now with the sound. All right, cool. Now, um, two tracks I love, Boogie. That is my favorite song. Really? That that is my favorite song. That's my favorite production ever. Talk about that. Like, let me say one thing that will bust your head. In that song, Faz actually went into the kitchen and brought like fork and knife and started like clinging the fork. I used to do that in secondary school. I went to Shagamu for secondary school. So that was a thing. Oh, wow. Damn. Like, that was exactly what he did. Like, and we actually put that in the song. So like, that's like to show how organic that song is. That song, like, the most organic song. It started from 
zero like the whole elements and then Sadada came through with that voice talk to us about Sadada that guy is not among he's not with us everybody just keeps it's, it's not it's not with us like it's not a it's not now as plain yeah he, he's uh he's one of a kind his talent is on another level and I and he's someone that I'm really looking at trying to work with and see what we can create in in the nearest future because i believe so much in the sound so much in the sound cool everybody that i you know even i when i interviewed him he's just amazing his mind is is interesting that's awesome and then what about um confirm confirm also without that yeah um that's that part of files where he's trying to say something you know he's trying to use his voice and for files that song is a very personal song he needed to say something because you can tell that prior to that time it was this issue he had with oh him saying something and people taking it away and when we were working on the song i can remember he said he told me he said yo i want to do this song but i don't know if i should put it on my album because i don't want to seem like a i don't want to seem like i'm looking for trouble like fine i said it but I don't want to seem like I'm trying to hammer the issue and trying to make a point. And I'm like, yo, bruv, that is why you have a voice. That is why you're an artist. If you believe in something, you have to say it. You get so like, what's the point of having this talent and having all this kind of clout when you cannot say something and stand for it? I feel like if you don't put it on your album, that's you chicken out. So I kind of like Ginger didn't put it on the album. I'm glad you did. I kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah. So like, it's a very personal song. I struggled on that song. He disturbed my life because I had to work on that song. Like that was, I think that was one of the most difficult songs on the album because he was very specific about how he wanted it to sound. He was like, "I want it to sound a certain way." So I had to go back and forth, and even had to call like professional like instrumentalists come and do some things, you know. So like, just to make sure that it sounds the way he um picked or hears it or picked in his head so like the song yeah it took it took a lot it took a lot to do and let's go into chemistry yeah chemistry talk to us about you know how that was put together from a producer perspective yeah 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 oh i mean files and simi amazing chemistry simi amazing songwriter one of the most like talented people that i've ever been blessed to work with files is my brother you know it just had to happen i can remember that they worked on um soldier and then the way people took that and then the chemistry that they exhumed from the song, it was just electrical. And I felt like, we felt like we needed to tap into that and, you know, create something. You get and then make some money. That's the business side as well. <laughs> you feel me? So like, it was something that, you know, we needed to do. And then I'm so blessed that I was a part of that, you know, that process and to bring it to life. I mean, I personally feel that I wish we had done more with the project the album came out but like we didn't really do so much at trying to promote it like shoot a video or whatever but like i really wish that you know we were able to but for some reasons i don't know it wasn't just it got to a part where like both of them as a brand they wanted to do their thing so it was i was more like you know i think that we've wrote this whole thing and i feel like it's just time for us to do our thing so that kind of cut like dull the old thing but yeah it's all love still you know we still give them a very dope out <laughs> no people still people still love that now moving on from production you are also an artist so which do you love more hey yeah because like i started as an artist actually so i read yeah you know i started making beats because like i couldn't afford to buy beats from producers so i started doing it myself and i just figured like yo uh, i can actually do this and as a matter of fact when i wanted to come to the industry i wanted to come as an artist but being realistic with my dreams, I understood at that point that I didn't have 
the resources to finance a career as an artist. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start as a producer. And then, thank God that, you know, I was able to create a career for myself. So asking me now which I like most is very difficult because, like, you know, I think, like, being an artist has always been my love, you know, because that's, that's always been my my initial, like, you know, move into the industry. So, like, I would say, but also as a producer, I don't know. I love them both, let me just say. Now, you and Spax, you've teamed up on a collaborative project called Short Renditions. And the first piece of the project was Don't Worry, which was released last year. So talk to us about what you're trying to achieve with that. Yeah, so like I, I, like I said, I came into the industry as a producer strategically because I couldn't afford like to be an artist. So like I feel like I'm at a stage where I want to share that part of myself with the world, the, my artist side with the world. And I don't want to limit myself at, oh, doing it like the next guy would do it. Oh, I just want to drop some singles. I actually want to create sound. I want to explore that part of myself and just create. You feel me? So, like, what I'm doing with Sparks, which is the short renditions, is just me expressing myself as an artist in a way that I feel like I want to. Like, it's not for me, it's not the average way. It's not, oh, I want to drop a song on the radio that I don't want to shoot a video for. I actually just want to do a, I just want to do songs that people want to vibe to. And I want them, I want them to be short. It's just a statement that's. I just want to do my thing. I don't want to be the average guy. You know, and Sparks is one of my favorite producers. He's an amazing producer and I love his sound. So I was like, you know what? If I want to do this artist thing, I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm going to do it in my way. Yeah, so that's what that was what that was about. Like, it was just me. You know what? I'm just going to have fun with this. And I think that the name Short Renditions is so apt because when I heard Don't Worry, I was like, that's it? That's it. Like, you know, I mean, in a, in a good way. And then we have like a lot more coming. Like, I have, like, some... I don't know exactly when I'm going to drop it, but, like, I have one recorded already, ready to go. What's it called? Uh, I really can't remember the title, but, like, I think it's A Lady in a Red Dress. I think that's what I want to name it. Lady in a Red Dress. Yeah, but that will come, like, later. Because I'm working on my own album, you know? So, like, I'm trying to see the timeline when the short rendition can come out. But, like, it's just me having fun with music. And I just want to... Is that exact um reaction is what I want to give you? Like, I want you to listen to it and be like, yo, that's it? And then press play and listen and pass an idea across in a short period of time as much as possible. Now, what other producers, songwriters, or artists do you find inspiration from? Yo, um, producer Saz. What is it about Saz that you like? I love Saz because Saz made me understand that you do not have to settle. You don't have to conform your sound. You don't have to sound a certain way. You can do your thing. You can experiment and still be a genius with your sound. And that's exactly what Saz has been able to do. Saz is one of my biggest influences. Because I can remember when I started as a producer, one of the few Nigerian producers that I used to listen to them was Saz. Because like, yo, that guy is a genius. That's just what I'm going to say. So Saz, I love Simisola. Simisola is an amazing songwriter. She's very talented. So yeah, Simisola, um, Cole Bombs. Yeah, um, Whiskey. I love Whiskey. I think that Whiskey is a genius with the sound. So, yeah. You have been doing this for a while. So, what would you say is unique about a SES production? You've never heard anything like it. That's just what it is. You've never heard anything like it. You can never hear a SES beat and say, oh, it sounds like it's never going to happen. Because for every beat that I do, it comes from me. There's no external influence. I'm never listening to a song on the radio and say, yo, I want to do a song that sounds like that. It's never going to happen. Like, I listen to it, I like it. Oh, this is a dope beat. And that's where it ends. But like anytime I open my system to work and say, I want to work, I want to create, it comes from inside. It's an expression of how I feel. Yeah. 
Okay, let's go. So never gonna happen. Now, what artists are currently on your radar? I don't want to sound like a douche, but like, I'm not that guy. I don't want to work with like I don't. I'm not the. I want to work with everybody. Yeah, I'm very limited with my, you know, because like I can't work with you if I cannot connect with you on a personal level. That's the truth. Like if I cannot connect with you as a person, I cannot bring myself to creatively. I know sometimes my my manager will still fight on that issue because it feels like that's very limiting from the business aspect. But I can't force, but like creatively, that's just who I am. So I'm not that guy that wants to work with everybody. But, you know, I want to work with, you know, I want to work with Wizkid. I want to work with Asha. Like I want to work with people that have unique styles and see how I can add the says, you know, factor and see what we can create. You know, it'll be interesting. That's just me. Yeah. How do you intend to navigate the challenges that producers face in the music industry? Challenges being royalty ish. Oh, royalty and things. Do your thing, man. That's just what it is. Like, I feel like, like I always say to people and other my colleagues, I think like it's a loser's mentality to always feel entitled. That's a loser's mentality. I am never gonna feel like. Files needs to do something for me, or Simi needs to do something for me. If I'm gonna work with Simi or Files, I'm gonna tell you how much I'm gonna get. I'm gonna tell you what I want. Yes, it's just what it is. Producers, right now, you need to be business minded. You need to address this as a business, not just oh favors. You need to be executive with this, and that's why I always tell guys like no hard feelings. Don't put emotions to this thing. Like we are, we are guys. You're my guy. You're my brother. But when it comes to business, it's business. So like for me, man. If I say I want to work with you, if I say I want to be on your album, if I say I want to do this, I'm going to tell you what I want. And if you feel like you cannot give me what I want, and I feel like we cannot reach a compromise, it's not going to happen. If it does not happen, it doesn't change the fact that I'm obsessed. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to do other things. You know what I'm saying? That's one. And two, do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. That's why I'm focusing on myself this year. I'm working on my album. I'm working on a lot of collaborative albums with other artists and other producers. I am doing my thing. I'm not waiting for somebody to call me before I open my laptop. I am working. You get so that I can create my opportunities for myself. You get I can create a brand for myself. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what this business, that's what pays you money. It's not your work really, it's your brand. That's what people don't understand. Your work is what will help you build a brand. But once you have a brand that is sellable, that's what makes you money. So once you understand that, your goal will be to do things that grows your your brand. If you give a hit song to a, an artist, that helps your brand, right? Fine, it's okay. But if you do a hit song for yourself that enters, that grows your brand two times more. And that's what artists need to start, uh, producers need to start doing. Shay Lawyer, and what about your thoughts on, because I was speaking to Saz and he was saying that... Um, in Nigeria, Shade, a lot of people, they are very averse to contracts. Mm-hmm. That Especially when it comes to the creative side. I think it's, it's more like, when I say illiteracy, I'm not saying they didn't go to school, but it's just that people are really not, they don't really understand that part of, like even to the extent that if I tell you, oh, speak to my manager, like if you hit me up and say you want to work, and I say, oh, talk to my manager, they take it personal. You get, like, it's, it's just business. You get like, and I think that people need to be sensitized about the importance of that. That's what he said. But that one is not really my business, yeah. Like, if you like Vex, go and work with somebody else. <laughs> like, for me, I want to do things the right way. And things have to be done the right way, so. All right, we're going on to the fun random question. Okay, I like the fun. All right, first question is, do you care more about pleasing people or speaking the truth? Hmm, 
I'm not even going to lie. I think that it's a problem for me to always want to please people. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. It's the truth. I know that sometimes it gets me into trouble a lot. You know, but like feelings are very important. You know, sometimes the truth can. They say it sets you free, but sometimes it can destroy you really. So like, I, I always like. It's a very sensitive thing. I always try to like, you know. But well, for example, if you're having body odor, I will tell you that your body's smelly. I hope I wasn't smelling my like. No, you nah. Come on. Okay. I would have said, hello, Miss Shade. Oh, you'd not use your spray to be. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I, I think I need to tap into more. You are the Direct. No, but I'm not like going to say like, if you're smelling like, ah, uh, you're smelling sis. Do you understand? You just buy them a body spray. Wow. <laughs> okay. You just come and say, oh, so I brought body spray. Ah. I'm smelling yourself. What's really going on? <laughs> no, I mean like, uh, uh, you know, I need to use something so we can use it together. That's even worse. Because like, I would know something because I'm like, why are you trying to like, but I will catch you, Sha. But like, yeah, I, I feel like me, to be honest, I'm always like about like trying to like, you know, make people happy as much as possible. So life is too sad. Second question. What is one word that you think best describes your mother? Oh God. I don't think that one word is enough, but like I have to look for she is a she's a god it's not even about how she raised me or anything is that i don't know if anybody can go through what she went through and still be alive she's not human it's not possible she's been through a lot and she's still standing and she's still a rock for a lot of people the other question is also tied to what is one word that best describes your father yo that's a g that's a G. That's the only word I can say. Like, he's a G. That's him, man. The sacrifices he made to make sure that his children, the people around him, you know, even having to give up on a lot of his dreams to make sure. That's a guy. And then I will say this, like, I've never seen a time when a bill had to be paid or responsibility had to be taken care of that my dad was not up for it. I still don't know how. There was never a time when my father would say there's no money to do something, to pay your school fees. And I know that he's not a super rich guy. You get like, so how he did it, I don't know. But he took care of his business. And that's a man. That's awesome. Turn out your folks. Yeah, yeah, I have the best parents in the world. The world. Final question is, what is one book that you recommend and why? Book? I'm not a book guy, though. I'm not a book guy. I used to read, but then I just realized that there were too many unnecessary information out there. So, you know, but like I would... Read uh, the Laws of Power, I think. What's it called? 48 Laws of Power. 48, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I read, I read it I read it to a point and I was like, I don't know how. Because for me, if you read something, you have to learn how to apply it to your life. So like, how do you apply that to your life, really? So like, yeah. So I, I mean, I read it and I think that there were some really, 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 really salient points there that would help you to become a better person. And also read your Bible. Everything you need is in the Bible. For real, like, it is mind-blowing. It's like someone sat and said, mm, you are going to have this problem at this point in your life, so this is the verse that you need to read. That's how the Bible is. So, like, read, read your Bible, really. Okay, cool. So, looking forward to Projects with Files, your personal project? Yeah, man. My personal project coming out pretty soon. Um, I'm really trying to, you know, express myself as much as I can on this album. And it's going to cut across, like, me as a brand, me as an artist, me as a producer. It's everything together are you gonna be shooting any music videos definitely as much as i can if you should pray for me if i have money now i will shoot all this on in the album but it's money it's money something yeah it's not for free so yeah yeah but definitely i'll be doing some visuals for the um and for me visuals are very important so like i'm not really about that 
booty girls i don't really see myself as that person so like it's gonna be like very conceptualized post my interview with Seth, he released original gangsta featuring reminisce and adekunle gold his most recent release of the short renditions music project with Spax is that body if you have not already, definitely check them out and keep an eye and ear out for Sess's upcoming album. The SNC podcast is produced by Fola Shade Anosier and Tommy Wafaomi. To ensure that you do not miss out on subsequent episodes, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's T-H-E-S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A. ST. We are also active on Twitter and Instagram at the same name. Alternatively, I am on Twitter at Shade Nonconform. Till next week, cheers.